Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. This is Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are this week welcoming uh, our second guest on the show. This time the tables are turned towards Tom, who had the chance to sit down with none other than Josh Zimmerman. Josh is a creator coach. He works with YouTube personalities, growing their brands, their IPs, their followings. He does a lot of the stuff that me and even Tom sort of like do in a way, but we do it more for libraries and content owners. Tom, how was that interview? Josh is somebody who, if you've been in the industry long enough, you've definitely spoken to Josh at some point, uh, whether that was from his YouTube Nation days or his his days um, working with management and, and talent. He's really smart. He knows everything about the industry. He knows all of the latest news. He knows um, everyone in the industry. So a really real uh, expert and, and wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's definitely somebody, again, I'd say like me and you, Carlos, who have bridged the gap between someone who's worked on kind of the creator side and working with creators, producing content with creators, but also has represented the kind of corporate side of YouTube. So again, a, a well-rounded, knowledgeable person and really, really fascinating uh, insights on his latest venture, which is trying to stop the growing problem of create a burnout. That's awesome. That's a great mission to be on because it's really easy for creators to jump into this world and feel the need to constantly create or run that hamster wheel that is YouTube. Yeah. As, as we've mentioned on other podcasts, I did it for one month where I uploaded daily and uh, it was a full-time job and I was making like really basic two three-minute videos, just pieces to camera. So I'm not sure how people are, are living their entire lives documenting and editing uh, on a daily basis. So um, let's uh, let's cut to Josh and see what he has to say on the subject, and then we'll be back on the other side of the conversation to uh, add in some extra points. All right. Okay, but before we jump into today's interview with our special guest, Josh Zimmerman, we need to say a special thank you to our amazing sponsor, TubeBuddy. For those of you that don't know TubeBuddy yet, it is the ultimate channel management tool that will help you run your YouTube channel or channels smarter and faster. It's going to save you loads of time, loads of resource. So it's something you literally cannot afford to go without. And even better is that you can get it with a unique and exclusive Video Insiders discount by visiting www.videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Now let's jump into the interview. So, so excited to be doing my first interview for the Video Insiders podcast. And I almost feel like saying this person needs no introduction because when I think of the YouTube industry, there's probably not many more people that spring to mind quicker than you, Josh Zimmerman. We go way, way back. Uh, it seems like, without doubt, you are the most connected person in our YouTube sphere and definitely the most connected person who's probably never appeared on the YouTube screen. Can I ask that question to start off, Josh? Have you actually ever appeared in a YouTube video on purpose? 
Well, Tom, thank you so much for having me on. And, and we've known each other since 2014 and back in the YouTube Nation days. Have I ever appeared on screen? I'm sure I have in the background of <laughs> um, uh, some videos at, at YouTube Nation um, and maybe some on, on with my creator, but um, or when, when some, some creators, but not that I'm aware of. No. Well, where else can we start? But the institution that was YouTube Nation. This was a, a, a great—I wouldn't even call it an experiment. It, it was a fully fledged movement. Uh, yeah. It was a fully fledged production. It was a fully fledged channel, very successful in its day. For those people that are not dinosaurs—I mean, uh, veterans <laughs> of the platform—can you give us a quick background into? YouTube nation, and then we can kind of give away the, the secrets of how, how we first come to meet. Sure. So, you know, the whole idea behind YouTube nation was really, you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, who was, you know, uh, head of DreamWorks animation and, and, and his whole idea back in 2014 and, and 2013 was, you know, that there's so much content on YouTube and the stuff that gets surfaced is really, you know, only stuff that goes viral or you see on your Facebook page or what Jeffrey realized was that there was so much more content out there that was, you know, hiding below the static that didn't have those numbers. And what he really wanted to do was create a show, a, a daily show where we were able to look for great content. Didn't matter about the subscriber numbers or the views, but if it was good content, we wanted to take that huge YouTube spotlight and shine it on these creators who we thought deserved it. So the team was around 40 people. We had five people searching YouTube 10 hours a day. This was a joint venture between Jeffrey Katzenberg, DreamWorks Animation, and YouTube. My job, I got brought in under my supervisor and, and good friend, Brian Potter, who does rights and clearances, was to reach out to all of these amazing creators to have them on our show every day. You know, I had no idea about YouTube. I came from TV. So I was emailing massive creators back in 2014, and I had no idea who they were. So it was a quick wake-up call to it. And from there, I just fell in love with YouTube and how accessible it was to everybody and the, you know, the, the mission statement behind YouTube Nation, which was, you know, celebrating the human spirit and giving creators a, you know, a, a, a platform on YouTube, but then elevating them as more, you know, because we were cemented on the, the spotlight page of saying, you know, there's great stuff out there and, and you just have to look for it and we're going to make your job a little bit easier and we're going to help you help help the public be able to see all this great stuff yeah and this is how we first ever came into contact um during my time uh for the bbc did you say it was back in 2014 2014 i would have guessed 2013 but my memory's going so um yeah i remember receiving emails from josh asking for permission to, to use excerpts from some of our videos i think mostly coming from our natural history and science channels and uh we were always so excited and so honored to be featured on on youtube nation it's something that we would share to um 
other stakeholders in the business and it was a real badge of honor to be featured on YouTube Nation and it was a great production as well so I just, a, a massive apologies I don't remember the name of the presenter who was the guy Jacob Sobroff uh, and Jacob's now on uh, MSNBC I believe he just won the Walter Cronkite award uh, I have to go and check exactly what award he he won but um a lot of people said, said Jacob and I looked like each other. <laughs> Jacob was phenomenal. We had guests in there, uh, guest hosts. You know, it, it really was, you know, we worked with people like you, the BBC, all the way down to, you know, people with, you know, two subscribers or one subscriber um, that just had great content. I was one small piece of the cog. There was people who did so much more than me um, and and really were talented at finding and scouring uh, YouTube for great content, which was, you know, led by Ernest Petty, who is still a, a great friend to this day. So the channel and the initiative did come to an end after, what was it, two years, a year? Just a year. Yeah. Over a million subscribers, was it? Yeah. I think we were the fastest channel ever to a million. Don't quote me on it, even though this is on a podcast. I think it was three or four months before we hit a million subscribers from zero to a million. So by many standards, a success, it was well-loved, it was well-watched. Was it just a case of it was an expensive production? You know, it was just not monetarily worth it to keep the lights on. Is that what you were told? Are you allowed to go into that? You know, all of that's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we, I, I wasn't really told much, um, but it was it was devastating. That is probably by far my favorite job that I've ever had. You know, I think it's a shame. I think that it did a really great job. And I think there's still a kind of gap for that kind of show. And we have lots of similar shows on TV here in the UK. None of them are daily by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, it seems like a really easy win because people were giving you permission to use their clips free of charge. Well, for at least we were, I assume most people were. And I think that's such an easy show to sell a sponsorship to yep. you know youtube yep. nation brought to you by coffee may or canon or whoever it may be yeah there was a partnership with verizon uh for a while just for for a, a, a segment i believe it was for my first upload i believe that's what it was um but you know the channel's still around um and the videos are still up and um it's funny when 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 i talk to creators who are on there they're saying they're still getting traffic pushed to them from <laughs> yeah. that channel uh which is crazy yeah so you went on a bit of a journey into the corporate world we, we won't dwell too much on some of the ins and outs but ultimately what ended up happening is that you landed back in the world of creators and talent and working with talent so can you tell us how that came to be and how that manifested itself. Yeah. Well, you know, I had, I had a lot of these great friendships with these creators from YouTube nation that we had featured and, and I hit it off with, with a lot of them. And um, there's a guy that you might know, Tom named uh, Chris Sharp. Um, and Chris had interviewed me. Uh, I think it was 2016 about being, being a manager. At that point I had had, two creators that, that, that I was managing, uh, two or three, we had this podcast and, uh, and they, they recorded me about being a manager and me talking about all the things that I suggested, including safety and what to do and what not to do and where to shoot, um, a whole, whole range of different topics. And that podcast ended up dropping the weekend of VidCon. When that happened, 
it sort of caught on fire. Creators started coming up to me asking if I would manage them. And I said, no, I, no, I'm not. I would rather be your friend. But the creators kept coming up to me and saying, Josh, what do you think about this? Will you met? And I just kept saying no. And finally, after like the sixth or seventh time in one day, it hit of like, oh, maybe I should be doing this, you know, full time because creators are coming up to me and asking me. Um, and so that's when I started Jay-Z management. Um, and quickly within three months, you know, a massive, you know, talent roster of 10 plus people was, was off to the races. What did that kind of work look like? So were you, you know, doing admin for these creators? Were you setting them up with collaborations, with um, sponsorships, paid placement, brand deals, off, yes. off YouTube work, TV works? What was the kind of range of activities that you were working on on behalf of the creators? Well, one of the things is I, I just got, I got, I threw myself into the deep end um, because I didn't come from an MCN and I didn't have the backing or the knowledge of working with agencies or AORs or brands. And so I threw myself in and was like, oh, wow, I need to figure this out and realized how much work it was to not only, you know, keep up with creators day to day, but also, you know, where is that line of what do you do as a manager? Um, and defining what a manager is and what an agent is. And if you need a business manager or a, you know, th- there's so many different things that a creator leans on you for, you know, where I ended up was being very high touch with the talent that I worked with in the sense of, you know, I, I had access to all of their channels. I was monitoring everything, making sure everything was okay. You know, talking to them, daily and, and reaching out to, to brands and agencies, um, which is so hard because it's, it's so hard to even get your foot into that world. So I owe a lot of that to other, other managers um, out there who, you know, did intros to the agencies and, and, and brands uh, and, and vouched for me. And so that, that was one of the things that was really nice is that um, the mentality of, of, of managers or the ones that I've surrounded myself with is, is that, you know, we support each other because in, in that way, all boats rise. So I, I started to really start to do brand deals and negotiate. And when it came to negotiation, passing that off to our lawyer, um, but, but really started to have a sense of becoming a, a creator's, you know, right hand, not a, a, a glorified assistant, but somebody who really knew the creator and knew what they needed and that the creator felt like they could um, trust and come, come to me when, when they needed something. So it really was their life managing their life. And, and it was hard to say no a lot of the times because they're, they're your talent, but you spend so much time with them, you know, you, you, you become friends. So to me, it sounds almost like, and I don't mean this in a, condescending or patronizing way uh, it's probably just that I can't think of a better word for it but would, did it almost seem that you were like the den mother to the creators you know kind of making sure they got off to school on time and making sure they did their homework and you know making sure they were clean behind the ears it seems like you were almost you know running their life as much as you were running their business yeah but you know I was really lucky because the creators that I, I worked with really had a sense of, of, of themselves, um, and really knew what I would do and what I wouldn't. 
So we really played well, well off each other in that sense. You know, yes, I was, I was hyper protect. I'm hyper protective of, of the creators. But one of the things that I would say to, to creators that I worked with or that want to work with me is that, you know, I, I'm not going to call you and wake you up to go to casting or, or to make sure you, you did this. You're a grown up and act like one. And if you don't, if you're not going to, I'm not interested in working with you. So I had a pretty harsh line that I let people know that if you were going to work with me, that's great, but this is what I expect from you. But I also would, Tom, was I was so clear with every creator that they are the boss, right? They are paying me. My job is to go out there and work with agents to bring in as much money as possible and expand the revenue streams and really explain to them that, you know, a manager's job is to advise and consult and really have that 30,000 foot view of make and pulling all the strings, making sure that the lawyers are getting everything in on time, making sure the agreement is correct, making sure the, the creator is, you know, hitting all the talking points. So there's a lot of minutia, but also being able to look at that 30,000 foot level and, and move the, the business forward. Um, and there's no one better that, than Courtney Carter as, as a manager um, who is an agent, uh, but but now a manager that does it. And I, I learned so much from her. And can you just clarify that difference for some of the audience that may not be so aware of what is the exact difference between an agent and a manager? It's a good question. Um, and the best thing that I would say is because I don't, I, I always want to um, make sure that, that if I say something, I have it 100% correct is I would say, there are some great YouTube videos on it, but one of the things in you know the state of California is that managers are not allowed to procure employment, which means get them a job. Um, and there, it's, it's a little murky, but um, you know that's why you have an agent who is allowed to. You know, so you work hand in hand with with the agent. The manager is really the driving force to be that that right hand to the creator. So if anyone is confused about what a manager and a agent and a business manager or a PR firm does, I would say go right to YouTube, go right to Google and be knowledgeable about it because I could talk about this for, you know, two hours, but I think that there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of great information to really make sure that everybody understands. And especially for the creator, what the role of each person on their team is and it really it varies from from creator to creator and manager to manager i think that's a really good point on which to move to your latest um role shall we say within the the ecosystem of creators and the lives of creators because uh i'm not sure if you're still doing um some of that management work but you've certainly made a a distinct move uh to becoming more of a coach to creators rather than a manager. So what I'd really love for you to do, Josh, is to to give us an idea of, again, what does that manifest itself as? But more importantly, how did you get to the point where you became a creator coach? And what is the problem that you saw over and over again that you just knew had to be solved? And how is it that you personally are solving that problem? Yeah, well, the, the big thing is burnout, right? That's the hot word. But around a year, year and a half ago, I wrote an article on LinkedIn called The Creator Burnout and wrote to fellow managers and, and people in the industry about what to do 
uh, about this because it's become an epidemic. And the thing is, you know, that was before all these major articles were, were written. But the reason why it happened is I had creators coming to me who were either I was managing them or, or, or not just seeking advice. I'm like, I'm so tired. I have no more energy. I have no more creativity. But if I stop my channel, my, the algorithm's going to, going to kill me. I'm going to lose everything. And what do I do? And I just saw this, 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 it just kept coming up again and again and again. And I decided that after writing that article and, and the feedback that I got from, you know, other managers and agents and especially creators, and, and I looked and, and I realized nobody was focusing on burnout. Um, you know, we're all talking about it, but there's no, nobody's doing anything about it or, or addressing that issue. And I said, in, in our community, in our space, and I said, well, then I'm going to. And so that's where I came up with the name Creator Coach. So I've really pivoted. You know, I have a, I have a few creators that I manage, but I'm, I'm not taking any, any creators on and, and fully focused on Creator Coach, focusing on really burnout, but also um, alleviating all this pressure and, and pain and anxiety. And listen, creators operate in a vacuum, right? And um, it, it is it is hard to break that vacuum because there's only so many people you can trust as a creator because you may become really famous and then there's money involved and then everyone wants your attention. And there's all of these different things that come up that who are you supposed to talk to about this? Well, you can talk to your other friends that are creators, but they're in the same place. You know, one of the biggest things that we start to see with, especially with burnout is that stress happens. Every creator will tell you that they're, they're stressed, but what is scientifically proven is when you're stressed, your brain signals and releases cortisol. And that, what does that do? That kills creativity. So you have somebody who is stressed, um, and you don't have to be a creator to have this or to be burnt out. But if you are constantly going, and if you think of a creator as on, on, a, on a, a treadmill, right? And that treadmill is going and going, and they can't get off you know, whether that treadmill is the algorithm or YouTube or uploading videos, but you know, it is a grind. You don't stop as a creator. Well, you're eventually going to get really tired, but you have to keep going. Sorry, Josh, I have to butt in here because I need to get your opinion on, um, quite an infamous video that was released maybe early this year, probably Mm -hmm. I'd say two or three months ago. Um, and it was from the YouTube, uh, creators insider channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the channel I'm talking about that where mm-hmm. they make all of their kind of announcements and it, it was talking about burnout and it was saying, you know, take a break. Mm-hmm. If you get tired, take a break, which is obvious, makes sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. Not to a creator. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to press with you is that, there were a lot of large creators that came out um, on Twitter, social media, in the comments of that video saying, it's all very well you telling us to take a break. And also you say that if you take a break, it won't affect the performance of my channel. But everyone that works in the industry, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, knows absolutely full well 
that if you take a break really any longer than two weeks, there's going to be an effect on your viewership. What, what's your opinion on that, Josh? Well, yes. I mean, we know, we know, <laughs> we, we know that, you know, YouTube and, and, and I'm using air quotes right now, the algorithm, because, you know, everyone blames the algorithm. I'm like, you can't, you're blaming zeros and ones people. You know, yeah. it's, it is a, it is a, a, a algorithm. It doesn't have feelings. Um, it is, its job is to serve uh, the viewers content that is going to entertain them the most. So when you start to drop off, yeah, and you're not uploading with all of these different factors, are your videos going to be served as, as much? No. And are you going to see a drop off? Probably, but that's okay. As long as you tell your audience what's going on and as long as you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to um, take a break. Or, you know, if you strategize with, with someone like yourself, Tom, or um, different people in the industry about making content or, you know, having a library that you can go on a month or two long vacation uh, and, and, and break and have content that goes up every week. There are ways around it. But yeah. if you don't take a break, you're going to burn out and you will go into a death spiral and flatline. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So what is it then that you as a creator coach can bring to a creator and how do you work with creators to prevent this apart from just saying you need two weeks off? You know, how else are you getting involved in their creative side and their business side to, to coach them. How, how does that relationship work as a, as a coach and creator? Sure. So listen, the first thing as a coach and the most important thing is that there's a huge distinction between coach, consultant, and therapist. Okay. Um, and as a coach, we look forward. Uh, we don't look into the, in, into the past. And there is some looking into the, into the past of like what went on, et cetera. But my job is to be somebody uh, that a creator can come to and know that. And, and I say, I don't care how many subscribers, how many views, how much money you make. I see you as a, as a person and, you know, that's it. You're a creative person. Great. I really don't care how many, how many people, you know, subscribe to you. Which, which I think is, is important because not many creators hear that. Um, number two, I say, I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And then number three, which is the most important, you, the creator, are in charge. How, how, how many different times has a creator heard you are in charge? 100%. You drive the conversation. What do you want to work on? And so what we do is in each session, the the creator really talks about what's going on and what's stressing them out. Um, There's a form that they fill out before each call of what they want to focus on. And, you know, it is really something that is called co-active coaching, which the way to explain it is that I, I am there as somebody to ask really powerful questions. And to help you get from point A to point B, and those that point A and point B are your point A's and point B's, and they can change from week to week and session to session. But the goal is to, for me, is to 
be in the corner of a creator knowing that I'm not in it for anything except for their health and wellness and for them to feel rejuvenated and that they are making progress on the things that they want. And I have no other motive other than to help them. So what I'm really interested in, really even just out of a a, a bit of curiosity as someone who's done a, a tiny, tiny bit of coaching training is that a lot of, at least what I was taught is a lot of coaching is reflecting back what the creator is saying and getting them to kind of be more self-reflective and look back at their own problems and, you know, in a, in a more objective way, how much would you say is your current coaching set up that kind of, you know, reflective work compared to advice? Are you giving advice or are you you helping people to come to their own conclusions? I'm really interested in that balance. So it's around the 80-20 split. 80% is the creator, 20% is me. When I work with creators, like I said, they're in charge. So if they ask my opinion, I'll tell them. This is more of an executive coaching kind of style. Uh, And so I match the creator where they want to be. If they're like, no, I want you to tell me what to do. I will, I will tell them that it's in the course of what they're trying to achieve. And the biggest part of that is self-empowerment. Creator coaching is a vehicle for helping creators achieve a higher level of well-being and performance, you know, both in life and creating content. Again, like I said, the most important aspect of my work is that the creators are in charge. They set the agenda. The, the work that I, I, I do with them Um, becomes a thought-provoking creative process that inspires and supports the creator to maximize their talent um, and potential. If a creator wants wants my opinion, like I said, I'll I'll, I'll tell them. But I will also push them uh, to look inside themselves. And really what what happens is the vacuum breaks and fresh air comes in because they're actually getting to talk to somebody that is giving them a fresh perspective. So that's my 20%, um, but also somebody that understands the industry and has been in the entertainment industry, has been a manager and has been on both sides and, and has friend and, and also that you know, I have friends that are creators. So I see all sides of it holistically. Um, and, you know, listen, the, 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 the big thing is people do not change and this is not just creators, but people do not change by themselves. Change happens from the inside out. You know, it also happens from the outside in, you know, as we encourage to be being in conversation. Um, you know, one of the things that, that helps change, right, and, and opens the conversation with these creators is helping them know that there is that they need to be out in, in different, uh, be included in different kinds of environments and systems and communities and organizations and networks and relationships and processes and practices and structures, and that there are resources out there. So as, as a, as a coach, my job is to really say, Hey, the world is your oyster. Um, and, and also, by the way, you're already a successful entrepreneur. Look what you've built. You know, it, it's so easy to get stuck in the YouTube vacuum 
right? And and just continue to put out content. And so your create a coach business, um, that's at createacoach.com. Is that right? It is. The website's still under uh, construction, but you can shoot me an email, you know, josh at creatorcoach.com. So it's still still quite a, a fledgling business, shall we say, or at least uh, in its infancy. What kind of results are you seeing, or more importantly, what kind of results are your creators seeing in, in the time that you've spent with them? Yeah, you know, I've I've been so shocked at, at, at the results um, that even through one one or two sessions um, with these with with the, the the clients that I have, which are you know a lot of them come to me with burnout, and immediately afterwards, and depending on what they need, there's a spark in their eye. Creativity is flooding back. They are excited again. Sometimes they're sad, but they're actually feeling emotions and they have a direction. And so you start to see this entire shift into who this person is and who they want to be. And maybe that that person behind the screen, but also what they want their content to be. and, you know, just by talking to someone, just in that 45 minutes and really just listening to them and not just hearing them, but literally because we all do this, you know, we're all, if we're all talking, if we're talking to one another and I say something interesting, you're in your head time going, oh, I, me too, or I want to ask this. That's, that's like a level one listening. I, I'm at like a level two or three listening, which is there is nothing else around me. And I am completely focused and dedicated to hearing and listening to the creator. Um, and you can feel it. Um, and and it's, it's, it's exciting. And the results that I'm seeing are creators are taking a break. They feel more rested. More brand deals are coming in. They're feeling empowered to say yes to them, uh, some no to them because it's not enough money and, and believing in themselves and knowing that, you know, they're only, you're only going to last on YouTube for just a little bit of time before people move on. And that's what people are not going to say. There's, there's few exceptions. There's, there's exceptions because you always have to have a new audience coming in because your audience matures, no matter if that's a personal channel or, you know, a channel at the BBC, but because of the, as your channel grows and as your audience grows, well, you have to grow with them. And having time set aside to talk to someone like like myself has enormous benefits because the stress and anxiety go down. And it's because of the fact that the creators are actually focusing on themselves. They're taking the time. Yeah, I think the benefits are really clear to the creator and we could talk about the benefits and the kind of um, well-being of creators for hours. Um, we'll link to Josh's previous podcast that he mentioned earlier with, with our good friend Chris on the audio on video podcast um, and also to your LinkedIn article about um, creator burnout. But I want to talk about the benefits to another group of people and Josh, we spoke about this at length in person on the phone before and also um, in my favorite in an outburger (laughs) (laughs) when I came over. Right by LAX. Yeah, and we we spoke about this. And this is a kind of benefit to another group of people. And that's the benefit for the people that work 
with talent. So if you're uh, working at an MCN or you're working at a big company that collaborates with a lot of creators or you are a talent manager and you've got a roster of talent. Or an agent or even agent, consultant, whatever it may be, people that are working with creators that are not necessarily creators what are the benefits uh, to those pool of people to make sure they're working with healthy, well-balanced creators? So one is acknowledging with the creators that they work with the boundaries of, of what their job is. And it's, it's very easy to just say yes to everything. But anyone who's listening to this can, I'm sure, has a story of having to put out a fire with, with a creator because something happened and some things are more extreme of answering your phone at three in the morning because there's some kind of emergency with a creator or, you know, just dealing with the onslaught of problems that people have when they are doing business with each other. And the way that I see this, a huge upside for the enterprise side of, uh, of our community is a couple fold. The, the first is, you know, whether you're an agent or a manager or whatever your job is, you are hired to do a specific job. And I'm pretty sure uh, that it is not, uh, uh, you're, you're there to make money, right? For the company and for yourself and for your, your clients. And every time that you have to be distracted by putting out a fire or dealing with something that is not your job. And you may not even be, you know, equipped to deal with the situations, whether a creator is going through a breakup or that they don't want to get out of bed, whatever it is, that's taking time away from you closing deals and doing what you have to do to hit your KPIs. And so the benefit of of working with a coach and a third party is tremendous. And that is that you can, now do a few things. One, you can focus com- completely on your, your business and what you're supposed to be doing. But two, you know that the creators and the people that you're working with are investing in themselves and their longevity, which in the long run makes money for you, makes the bond between you and the creator much better. And, you know, n- not everyone likes talking. To, to creators. I absolutely love it. And so if I'm able to help maximize time and potential uh, uh, for you in your business by taking uh, uh, what you're not signed up to do, which is is, is, is talking to creators and, and working through their issues. And, and mind you, Tom, the, the, the uh, burnout is not just with creators. It's with management, right? Managers are getting burned out. Uh, PMs and SPMs at YouTube are getting burned out. Everyone is getting burned out because they just don't stop. And if I'm able to help the enterprise side and take the emotionally draining uh, aspect of what they do and, and alleviate it a little bit, well, you know, that pays for itself. And, and, and the other thing is it's, it's good. It's good for you because you may not be equipped to deal with this and you may not. And for a company, you know, it's a liability issue. If you have managers or different people giving advice um, to creators or just saying yes to creators 
when that's not what they need? And why not have somebody work with somebody who is a third party that focuses completely on that so you can actually get your job done? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, for everyone, time is without doubt the most uh, precious asset. And if you're giving people their time back, then uh, there's nothing more worthy than that. So we we pride ourselves here at the Video Insiders podcast on always making sure that there's some real kind of actionable advice for our listeners. And so apart from the obvious, which is hiring Josh as a creator coach for, for yourself or for your company. Can you give us a couple, maybe three tips for people on the, on the industry side, whether they're, you know, working in MCNs or um, thinking of collaborating or paying an influencer for some influencer marketing. What are some, you know, three, two or three top tips on how to work successfully with a creator? Number one, manage expectations and be as clear as possible on what you, what you expect from, from the creator and what the creator expects. Now, if you're a brand, knowing what you're paying for. And from the business side of me, you know, there is, I, I could go on and on about the worth of a creator's, you know, uh, shout out or fully uh, dedicated video. And what I would say to the creators or any managers is stop selling out short. These creators deserve a massive amount of money for their audience size because the ad that they're doing doesn't go away. It lives on in perpetuity throughout the universe. That's my rights and clearance side coming in (laughs) and doesn't go away. Whereas a ad on TV has a end date and poof, it's gone. So the value that a creator has, and it's not about selling specific products, right? It's about brand recognition in every corner of the earth that you may never have that ability to get to, but your name as a brand is going to be spoken and heard by creators that are trustworthy and that a huge population of people trust. So just think about the amount of different times that your brand name is being said again and again and again and again, all over the world, 24 seven pay for that. And, and honor that. Don't sell yourself short because once, once that happens, the marketplace is hurting because people are saying yes to lower and lower deals. And it's easy for a brand to go to someone else who's like, oh, they, you're the same size and you're going to take it for X amount of money. But we all need to stick together and say, no, these people, you know, you are worth something. Monetarily, this is what you're worth and let's stick together. That is like the my biggest pet peeve and and the biggest thing is knowing your worth and working together with other managers and agents to make sure that we are charging and you are charging the appropriate amount and not underselling and undercutting because you're hurting your it's hurting the entire system so that benefits the creator to to kind of get their worth and it it benefits the the management or the enterprise side by making sure that the creator is not resentful at the work they're doing. You want them to be passionate and enthused about the work that they're doing. And if they're doing it feeling cheated, you know, you're not going to get that passion. You're not going to get that, that best work. Um, any more tips that we can give for the kind of enterprise management side? Yeah, I would say um, no one to recognize burnout. 
know when to take a step back and, and know when you're out outside of your comfort zone when talking to, to talent. And if you're feeling burnt out, reach out. I'm, I'm happy to give some tips, but in order to be, have this be sustainable in your life, you need to rest and you need to recover uh, and you need to take care of yourself. And so identifying when a creator is starting to slip down, down the, the, the path of burnout is going to be the most important thing you can do in an enterprise workplace. The, you know, listen, the, there's, I, I, I have four phases of creator burnout, right? There's pre-burnout and preventative care, which is great, right? We're trying to keep creators from, or anybody from burning out. Then the burnout starts, right? The stuff starts to crumble and it's not going so well. Then you have what I call the death spiral, right? Where things just go right downhill. You don't have any ideas to create. Your talent doesn't have any ideas to create. They don't, they're not answering their calls, et cetera. And then you have the fourth, which is flatline. You're just flatlined, nothing. And I can help with in any one of those and that there's a cycle to it. But for anybody listening, you want to be able to know where you are in these phases of, of burnout and know that you're going to move through them, but you need help from people that are uh, a, a, a third party and that you trust that they will tell you the truth and that they there's nothing else in it for them except your health and wellness. And my final question, which I'm, I'm trying to get a tip about working with influencers and, and telling directly here is that you mentioned earlier that you're not going to phone someone up and tell them to get up for their casting call or to tell them to get their butt down to the shoot that they're mm-hmm. being paid for. I have had experiences where we've paid quite well for a talent's time and they've shown up four hours, four hours early and uh, sorry, four hours late. <laughs> yeah. Imagine four hours early. Yep. <laughs> uh, four hours late and not really that apologetic and just like it doesn't matter. What is your tip for, people that are coming from, let's say, not the creative world that are used to people acting in a certain level of professionalism. What is your advice to those people working with kind of creative types for the first time? And how do you ensure that they are held accountable to what they've promised? And how do you get the best professional work from someone? Or is that work is that check need to be done before you work with the talent in terms of getting references to make sure this is the kind of person that's going to turn up on time and deliver on a contract? Yeah. Well, one is the most important is a contract, right? And a contract is about making sure that it's not just legal language. It is about ensuring that the creator and the agency and the manager and the agent and the brand and all the different people in, in between are all on the same page on what needs to be delivered. And that that the the brand or whoever you, whoever's paying knows is that this is a creative process. So there's some stuff you're going to have to give on. Um, but, you know, also, uh, you know, if there is somebody that, that shows up late or is not able to do something, that, that's communicated uh, to the management. Right, because this has this is a learning opportunity, because you're going to get feedback from from management or or creators um, on on why they did it. Now, some people are like, "Yeah, I'm late, so what?" 
deal with it. I'm big enough. I can do it. That happens in the normal world. When I say normal, big quotes, but also as in, in traditional entertainment. So I, I would say managing expectations, being crystal clear. Um, but listen, at, at YouTube Nation, when we had, when there were talent coming in, yeah, and their call time was 8 a.m. and they didn't roll in until 9.30, you had to scratch your head and go, what were you thinking? What's going on? And, and I think a lot of the time it is, there are no guardrails in YouTube, right? Because you're a creator. You, you, you create your own content. You do whatever you want. And it is very difficult for, for management and, and, and people around them to say, no, you need to show up. You need to do this. You need to be on time because this is, it reflects poorly on me and my brand, et cetera. But again, we're dealing with humans. People make mistakes. And so if you feel that what you've paid for is not up to snuff or up to party, then speak up about it. You would be amazed if you just talk to the creator and say, hey, what, what's going on? What happened? You know, it may be like, well, I didn't set my alarm. Well, guess what? That's when, when you have a, a creator coach come in and say, let's, here's a goal here. If you want to keep making money, you better set your alarm, Yeah, which a manager <laughs> can, can, can do as well. But when I do it, I'm taking on that role of being able to help facilitate a creator wanting to do this as a manager, you know, there's tension that builds. Did that answer your question? Yeah, this is just such a fascinating conversation. I feel like as well, we could do a whole separate podcast on working with talent, working with influencers, the future of influencer marketing. I feel that's a whole nother subject that, again, you're perfectly placed to speak about, but that's probably all we have time for. So I'd like to, of course, thank you for, for the amazing information, but I'm going to leave you with one last question, Josh, that is, I don't think there's anyone in the world as well-placed to talk about this subject. There's certainly no one as well-connected to speak about this subject. And obviously, you're a very eloquent speaker on the subject. When the hell are you going to be launching the Create a Coach podcast? I've put you on the spot. You have. And do you hear that silence? Have you ever heard me be quiet <laughs> for that long? Um, Tom, when, when, when you decide to do it with me. Oh, well, I just, I'm not sure if I'm qualified yet. Are you going to, you may burn out. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it, it's coming soon. Um, you know, I, I would love to. I really think there's a need for it, Josh. And I think you are the perfect conduit for that conversation to, to keep going. It's a really important conversation to have. And, um, you know, I think you'd be the, the man to, to take it forward. So again, thank you so much, Josh. If people would like to, work with you directly or just hear more about what you've got to say. Maybe they're just really excited and they want to tell you to go ahead and start that podcast. Where can they learn more about you and get in contact? I'll make it super easy. Just email me, josh at creatorcoach.com. I, I, I can't wait to hear from anyone. It's, it's always great, no matter how big of a channel you are, no matter what side you're on, it's always great to talk to people in the industry and to to make connections because this is our, our industry is so small. We're always connected by one or two degrees. So I, I always, and I, the way that what I believe is that if I can do something to help someone, well, it's going to come back at some point to help me. And I also just like doing it. So if you want to talk, email me, I'd love to set up a time. If you feel like you're burnt out or you have questions about it, 
email me and we can set up a time to talk. No problem. Thanks, Josh. And I shall hopefully see you later in the year next time I come over to LA. The biggest bombshell of this entire episode is that I'm not really a fan of In-N-Out Burger anymore, I've decided. So we'll go to Wendy's instead because we don't get Wendy's anymore in the UK. So thank you, Josh. And I look forward to speaking to you soon next time I'm in LA. And thank you from all our listeners. It's been really insightful. Thank you. And, you know, Tom, I don't think this, this I, I guess we're ne- never going to have a sponsorship from In-N-Out on this podcast. Uh, and and I, I will just say, you know, this could be after the recording, but, you know, I'm very curious why you're sick of In-N-Out. And it's probably because you ate it every single day when you were here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably gluttony. Go. Gluttony is probably the root of it, no doubt. Okay, Josh, thanks. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and um, hope some people will be reaching out soon. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Cheers. Bye. So that was an awesome interview. I feel like me and Josh would really get along in having drinks and talking war stories. <laughs> uh, Josh has got so many stories. As I say, like he knows everyone. Everyone knows Josh. He really has his finger on the pulse. And I, I said to Josh once we stopped recording, we could have easily gone on for hours because he's doing some really interested in stuff with creators that he's working with. On Facebook, we could probably do an entire episode about what he's doing on Facebook and his time on YouTube Nation and the creators that he's worked with. And, you know, he now gets to call friends is, is really incredible. But what's your take on the whole kind of um, burnout issue, Carlos? Because obviously you, you didn't get to join in the, the call. So I'd love to get your take on the whole epidemic. Is it an epidemic? Is it made up? What's your take on it? Um, I think it's... <sighs> It's something that YouTube has sort of like inadvertently engineered. People are not algorithms and they've forced everybody to sort of feel like they need to, to keep feeding the machine. And there are strategies to, to build your, your online business to not have to feed that machine on a constant basis. But unfortunately, uh, most people are stuck into the, if I don't create, I don't make a living situation that to me has been the biggest sort of like wake up call uh, over the last year or so where you know the creators are, are, are hitting burnout the thing is burnout's always been there the reason why the ray william johnson's of this world stop was because of burnout there's just too much it's just consistent and maybe we're starting to see the reason why there are seasons <laughs> when, when it comes to entertainment right People constantly want content and, you know, we're in a world where it's 24 seven and you feel like you need to sort of give that content consistently or else you're forgotten. And that's not a good place to be when you're a creator. It's an epidemic. It's something that uh, everybody needs to be aware of. I think they need to think ahead when they are creating their channels and the content that they're trying to make and figure out a way or, you know, right away, start making that roadmap to not be in that hamster wheel for a long time, because it is not healthy. Yeah, what I found really interesting was not only, you know, so the the end user of, of Josh's expertise is the creator. But I loved what you said about the real beneficiary being the people that work with creators in that ecosystem, because for all intents and purposes, and this is going to sound horrible, 
you know, if you're a talent manager or if you're an MCN or a, you know, some kind of merger between those convergence of those different types of companies where you have kind of talent on staff almost, those are assets. And if you are a corporate company, you need to protect your assets and, you know, make sure that they're healthy and safe and able to continue to produce for your company. So, yeah, I, I really valued that point about, you know, almost sending a message out to people that kind of look after talent to make sure they're not burning out because, you know, obviously there's the human side of that and you want to look after people and respect people and um, make sure people that you're working with are have got a good work-life balance. But also from a, a financial point of view, protect your assets so that you can monetize them long term that sounds really cynical but um you know if that was the way that i was running any kind of talent-based company it's definitely something that i would bear in mind yeah totally awesome okay so before we say goodbye we of course have to say thank you to our amazing sponsor chew buddy and remember you can get a unique discount when you sign up through video insiders and that's at videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Don't forget, remember to subscribe to the podcast if you this is the one you first listened to and share the podcast with somebody that you know would really benefit from it. It really helps us out. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive reviews, but now we need people to share in their network. And um, the best way to grow a podcast is with word of mouth. So let your friends know. Thanks, Carlos. And we'll speak to you in the next couple of weeks. Take care, Tom. Bye.